Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught and get ready to launch your mind into an entirely new reality. If you've always felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Get comfortable, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let your host, Adam R. Walton, expand your horizons. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. This is going to be mind-bending. Time to think. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Today, you've guessed it, we have another guest with us, a world traveler, a fancy lady. Uh, we've tried to connect. She's laughing in the background. I should have muted her out, but next time I'll do that because I don't like to reset anything. Um... We've tried to connect a few times. Uh, the last time we didn't connect, her excuse was, I'm sorry, I've been sailing around the world. I'll get to you when I can. To which I said, you know what? I like your excuse. I accept. We'll do it again. Today on the show, we have best-selling author Dawn Bates. She's written a few books. She's talked about a few controversial topics. We'll get into those topics because you guys know how much I like controversy. But first and foremost, I want to know how she did it. I want to know what sparked in her to say, I've got words, I've got to write them down, I've got to get them out there, people need to hear what I have to say. I want to know where that confidence came from. I want to know what she did, and I want you guys to hear it. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please allow me to introduce Dawn Bates. Welcome to the show, Dawn. Thank you. What an intro. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I like to spin a yarn. I like to get people prepared. I like to go. And what you didn't hear was the intro music. So it comes in hot and heavy. So I had to, you know, I have to jump in over top of that. Right? So, what are we talking? A bit heavy metal, a bit techno? <laughs> um, no, what is it? What this, this podcast, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a radio pop. Uh, it's definitely a, you know, be prepared to have your mind blown type of thing. So I love Ooh. the fact that you have no idea what my podcast intro is. Uh, welcome to the show, non-listener. <laughs> it's a good time. So, so yeah, uh, let's we'll jump right into it. And and ladies and gentlemen, her her books are uh, primarily we have uh, Friday Bridge, becoming a Muslim, etc. Uh, etc. Et Everybody's business. And then part two, we have first hand account of living through the Egyptian uprising and why I walked away from Islam. And then book three is the journey purpose of self belief. So uh, being a Muslim, leaving Muslim. And believing in yourself are three of her top books right now. Uh, these are fascinating because it could be being a Christian, leaving Christianity, finding yourself. It could be anything, being anything, mm. leaving anything, finding yourself. It's mm. a phenomenal message. Uh, I absolutely adore it. We will get into the message of of that, but you have to tell me. One day you were sitting there and you hadn't written a damn thing. What sparked inside you that said, you know what? It's time to it's time to get off my ass. I I've got these things inside me. I believe in myself so much that people need to hear what it is I have to say. What can you walk us through that mentally? How did that go for you? Oh, well, it was, um, well, I met my ex-husband in a rave. Um, we were in the techno room, completely trashed, having such a great time. <laughs> and, um, I had been learning about Islam since I was 15. Um, when we were in comparative religion class. And I was like, what? This is amazing. Oh, you know, and all those questions. Because when I was growing up, like religion was only for old people or people that were middle class and upwards. Um, 
you know, all the people that were really down on their ass, sort of struggling and they were praying to God to get them out of it and everything. And so I kind of, um, and we kind of got together and I was like, I don't want you to tell me anything about it. And it's not your space to tell me anything about it. It's for me to discover it for myself. And so I did. And then fast forward um, a couple of years, um, we, you know, 18 months later, we get engaged. Three years later, we're married. He's Egyptian Palestinian, um, but he's not the typical uh, Egyptian Palestinian. Obviously, he was raving, um, but he, um, you know, his uh, family traveled the world. They they spent most of his time in the UK. Um, but what was really fascinating for me was because he was an Arab, he was either a rich oil baron, or he was some kind of drug dealer and my pimp, or he was going to be knocking me about and locking me in a cupboard and not allowing me to go anywhere or do anything or have a thought for myself. And I was like, oh, you don't actually fit into any of those, do you? <laughs> we would laugh at it. And there's a place in England called Leicester. Um, and I, I'd say, right, come on, let, let's, like, we go Leicester, like, let's see how long it takes the police to pull us over this time. Um, and honestly, he had a Mercedes, a really sexy Mercedes, um, you know, white girl in a car with an Arab. He's obviously my drug dealer. He's driving a Mercedes. How can an Arab ever have a Mercedes? Um, and so it kind of like the games began, as we say. Um, and then in business, I mean, I started my first business when I was 21, had my first child when I was 25. And then people were like, you know, well, you've chosen an Arabic, you've chosen an Islamic name. I went, I've not chosen an Islamic name. His name is Khalid, it's an Arabic name because it's up to him whether he chooses religion or not. It's got nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do with his dad. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. And I kind of, all the business and uh, people that I met in business were like, what, what do you mean you're the managing director? You're married to an Arab, you're married to a Muslim. I'm like, yeah, what's that got to do with the price of cheese? You know, like, and all these questions started coming, well, you know, well, what did he make you wear that? Does he, does he not let you do that? And I'm like, oh, for God's sake, what is wrong with people? And then I started realizing that, um, there were so many questions that were just coming at me. And I was like, right, that's it. I'm going to write a book. Hmm. <laughs> so I did. Uh, and yeah. what, year, what year was the book released? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think that was in 2000. Gosh, it's a lifetime ago. That book was released in the Europe Prizing was in 2011. We left Egypt in 2013, so it must be around about 2013 that book, that one was released. So the book came out in <clears> 2013, <throat> and this is, when did you get married? So how long had, been, had you guys been together before you released the book? Uh, we, we met in 96, married in 99. So it was quite a while before the book was released, because it took me about two or three years to write that book. Mm -hmm. Although Wallahi, I wrote in seven days and seven days later, that was an international bestseller on three continents. The first book took me a while because if I was playing around with different formats and this is what I go through with my author coaching clients, you know, what format are you going to work, use what's going to work best for you, for your story, for what type of book you're writing. And when I first wrote it, a friend of mine goes, Dawn, you're not writing an article, you're writing your story. What the hell are you doing? These, this is just, and I was like, sorry. <laughs> I'll go back to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. So I actually had someone who read a lot of books coaching me, but hadn't actually written a book. 
which is something I, again, bring into my coaching. So. Would- which, believe it or not, um, for anyone that hasn't written a book before, uh, the first book you read or write is uh, is your first one. And there's nothing before that, usually, yeah. as you would state. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My first book, I'd not written anything before that. No, no. No, uh, I'd written loads of business articles. <laughs> right, I'd li- of written loads of white papers, newsletters, and all that jazz, but never written a book. And that's normally what you find. Uh, at least that's what I've come across. I mean, there are, you know, you either start a blog or you start writing or when you're younger, mm-hmm. you start journaling, you know, the idea of getting pen to paper, these are the people that are going to become the authors. It's not like somebody's walking on the street one day and says, it's time for me to write a book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually you build into it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. my question, um, and, and you gave me the answer, but what was the timeline? Like you acquired, basically you'd done research for the book without knowing for the past 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, you set the book out. So, so you... I, I laugh because you said it took you two years. And this is something that people don't really pay too much attention to. Like they think I want a book, uh, let's get it done. You know, mm. you don't, you don't, that, that whole time frame I've found is lost on so many people. I mean, you can have overnight success, but you know, it's, I'm stuck. 20 I've, years I've, to get there. Exactly. <laughs> I've been working my whole life towards overnight success. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, and it's an interesting thing. And, and people define success differently. I mean, you're, I think the success is, and I'm not, you know, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I mean, the success of actually getting the first book done and out and sold was probably greater than having a book go uh, a bestseller in in a couple of days. Like you said, like bestseller is a status symbol, but achieving a lifelong goal is a personal status symbol. So, I mean, it's neat. I love the idea that it took you two years to write a book that you'd been studying for 20. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I also love the idea that you sat down and cracked out a novel in, in, in seven days. Yeah. And the, why I like that is because so many people are like, you know, I want, you know, they think I want to be an author and I want, I want to be Stephen King. I want books all over the place. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to worry about book three. You don't have to worry about book two. You have to worry about the next paragraph. You have to worry about the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to worry about what you're doing right now because the minute it's out, the minute it's done, you've got that in your, under your belt. And you're a okay to you know the next thing falls into place. Mm. It's like what I teach when when I say things like, you know, money is the result of a job well done. You know, you weren't writing that book going, oh, I want money, oh, I want money. You were writing that book saying, you know, I got to get this message out. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's a huge, huge, huge thing when we focus on the passion, the purpose that we're putting into something. Absolutely. The results kick back. So mm. now tell me a little bit about the seven day book. You wrote, you wrote this book in seven days. Yeah, I did. And it sounds like, it sounds like you did it out of anger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, oh, did I do it out of anger? Um, I did it, well, we, as you know, like anger is always a second or third emotion and it's about tapping into what's going for. I was really frustrated and I was really like, oh, <laughs> because, and it's quite interesting um, because just recently, I was actually having a conversation with my ex-husband because we've been divorced six years, six years now. Um, although we still speak to each other most days. Um, he's such a great ex-husband. Um, but um, One day, I aspire to be a great ex-husband. <laughs> yeah, I've always been an awesome wife and ex-wife. So. There you go. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I said to him the other day was, I cannot believe meeting you that night back in the techno room 
I would end up being an advocate and a defender of the Arab world. Because when we lived out in Egypt during the uprising, um, going back to the UK, I was met with such a flood of ignorance and people that had seen something and that had extrapolated on an idea, you know, Chinese whispers and people who had got prejudices and ignorance and that didn't even know what, you know, they, they knew Egypt had the pyramids and they had pharaohs. That's about their level of knowledge. Whereas I've been studying his, I'm a geek, you know, give me a subject and I, I'm like a Jack Russell with a bone. I will bear, I will keep digging, 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 digging. So I've been studying Egyptian, Arab and Islamic history. I've studied theology. Um, I've studied the Arab history and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um, and I went back to the UK and I saw all this propaganda, all of these lies, and I just was listening to it all. And then friends of mine um, that I'd had for a long time, not one of them asked me how I was. And here I was, a friend of theirs that had just lived through the uprising, civil unrest, seeing people massacred, seen and heard women dragged from the streets and heard their screams. And not one of my friends wanted to hear about it. Not one of them reached out and said, are you okay? And so I needed to get it out. And I think one of the things that um, is very powerful when you're writing a book, whether you go on to publish it or whether you just write it, is writing is a very cathartic, it's very meditative. Um, and it's a way of clarifying your thoughts and getting your feelings out on paper. And I remember saying, phoning my ex-husband, I said, right, can you have the boys this week? I'm going to write a book. He goes, what? And he laughed. And I was like, I'm going to write a book. And he's like, oh, are you? what's it about? I said, it's going to be called Wallahi, at which point he started laughing. Um, and he goes, okay. And I said, and I'm going to write about our experience in Egypt. I'm going to write about what it was like in the schools and how the education in Egypt is screwed. I am going to write about what it's like walking down the street and seeing the police brutality, the army, the corruption, the lies, uh, the, how everything is broken and how like the attitudes of the Egyptian people, um, as well as the foreigners there, I'm going to, I'm going to just going to write it because I'm fed up with hearing all these lies. Um, so what you're what you're discussing right now in that book about Egypt is basically mm. what's happening in the states. This the, what's happening in the states mm. right now is the precursor. And in Chile. Yeah, it's the precursor to what took place in Egypt. Mm. Um, and people don't see it. They, the, yeah. It's funny because you talk about the education system and all that sort of stuff. People don't quite mm. grasp the fact that they've been brainwashed since birth. Oh, it's called TV programming for a reason. hundred percent. Yeah. T televisions were designed as a brainwashing tool. When you look at the original yeah. painting uh, description, mm -hmm. the resonance of the, 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 the lights that come out, the sound level, the color system, yeah. they've, it's all been designed to program your brain in such a way. And people just sit in front of it all the time. And then you're like, oh my God, is there any wonder there's so many stupid people in the world? Yeah, and, and the television, even if you're staring at a blue screen, um, the pattern, mm. the, the sound that it emits, the, there's a patented sound. It's, you can look it up. There's a patented sound. I can mm -hmm. even put it in the description of this podcast that oh, yeah, is dumbing you down. <laughs> Audio Absolutely frequency. it is. Absolutely. That's why so, people play certain music in shops. 
Well, the funny thing too about about the television as well is even if you don't want to go into the governmental, you know, uh, thing about it, it's you know, historically it's called a black mirror, and and, mm. and black mirror goes into the occult. It goes into you can look into the black mirror, listeners, if you want to look into the black mirror. There's a reason that television show is called the black mirror, and then all Absolutely. the creepy things it discusses as well. <laughs> Phenomenal topic, the black mirror. But mm. it, but that's a hundred percent true. Um, you know, and and. Guys like me who talk about it are insane until it happens, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, Uh, yeah. And there's another reason why this podcast exists because there is a very, a very stringent line between breaking free and launching yourself. Like you writing a book comes from you knowing that there's something more to it. You know, the television's off and you're like, I got, I got to put this down on paper. People need to hear this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy that anyone can do anything other than what they've been told to do. And that's, that's the bottom line. It's a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And people don't seem to grasp that people don't. My audience does ladies and gentlemen, by the way, I love each and every one of you. I just had to give you all a shout out right now. You're all fantastic. Uh, And the ones that don't listen to me, well, you're not listening to this anyway. So (laughs) the, the, the whole, the whole orientation behind uh, conspiracy and achievement are phenomenal are one and the same you cannot achieve without thinking for yourself and if you think for yourself you're a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. so unless you're making the government loads of money and then you're their best friend well here's a fun story about that right if you call a prostitute and have sex with her that is illegal but if you film it and sell it it's now porn and fully mm. fully legal absolutely so, as long as the government can tax what you're doing it's legal, ladies and gentlemen. So Why do you think there's so many legal highs now? If you're going to get a prostitute. That are more dangerous. Have a camera kit. <laughs> uh, health tips from the Mental Mastery Alliance. Film your prostitutes, ladies and gentlemen. Film your prostitutes. Uh, <laughs> and Don's choking over there. It's all right. <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> I told you the show was pretty loose, so. <laughs> I love it. And it just reminded me, I was just like, back in the day. Oh, God. It's all in my first book anyway. I mean, I remember I walked into a club and a friend of mine goes, I can't believe you wrote about all those drugs. I'm mm-hmm. like, why not? Yeah. Goes, well, because and- like, it's just like, how day Like, she goes, well, I said, look, at the end of the day where I'm going, there's going to be someone that calls me on it. I might as well write it and I put it out there right now so I can go, yeah, I know. I used to take drugs. Go read my book. It's all in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm on drugs right now. I have to for this conversation. <laughs> coffee. Um, this, well, yeah. Coffee is a huge drug, right? There's acceptable oh, drugs though. There's acceptable yes, drugs based on what we've seen on television <clears throat> and unacceptable drugs. I had sugar yesterday. I don't normally have sugar. I was high as a kite for about <laughs> four hours. I was steaming. And sugar is more addictive than cocaine, but that's okay. The mm. World Health Organization promote it. Yeah. And the thing is, and that's the other conspiracy, isn't it? It's like, oh, okay. So even though you wouldn't give your kids a line of Coke for breakfast, you, know you can give to. them a... <laughs> oh, no, did you not know? Everybody, we're, we're trying to lose weight <laughs> around here. Here's some cocaine. <laughs> but did, you did, can give your kids a big bowl of like sugar diabetes. cereal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, diabetes has killed more people than cocaine. Um, and you have more fun on cocaine. So uh, as an advocate, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to send you to my cocaine dealer. No. Take me to your dealer. Exactly. Talk to, he's down here. Um, <laughs> the government can tax sugar. They, they can tax, you know what else about a bowl of cereal? Uh, it's the most ridiculous thing. Cheerios brand 
they have industrial strength floor cleaner written right on the box. And people are so, they're so brainwashed and uh, they're so brainwashed that the answer to that is, oh, well, it's just a small amount of chemical industrial strength floor cleaner in your Cheerios. No goddamn reason. It's just a small amount. Mm, this is delicious. Don't do cocaine. I'm eating floor cleaner. Fuck me. Anyway, so I mean, <laughs> you know, this it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And they they say to you, you know, but back to back to a more personal tone on on that. It's like you know, people are saying to you, I can't believe you're talking about the drugs in your book. Mm -hmm. And what that is, you know, that's the person's ego saying, I I couldn't allow people to view me a certain way, but I'm mm -hmm. surprised that you can. And that's what mm -hmm. they're really saying. And the funny thing about that is when, when, when people finally grasp the fact that not one person is thinking about them, they can really move forward. And the funny thing too is it, when you're talking to people, ask them, when was the last time you thought about somebody for such a long period of time that it blew your mind at how much you thought about this person, how foolish this person was? Nobody thinks about you because you don't think about anybody else. And this is something that people can't grasp. People are so wrapped up in themselves because they've been brainwashed to be so wrapped up in their own individuality that they don't understand that they're part of a collective. Not only that, but we see the television, we see the news, we see the media, uh, and, and we see all this hate and this division and this he versus she and this religion mm. versus religion and this divide and conquer strategy that runs the gamut when the natural state of affairs to every single human being on the planet is to help. Mm -hmm. When push comes to shove, when you're face to face with a scenario or a situation, nine, 99 out of 100 people will help somebody in trouble. Absolutely. And this is what I found on my journey, like as I'm sailing around the world. You know, for example, a couple of weeks ago, I took some money out of my account to, because I was in the Andes. I think it's the Andes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tough <laughs> life. Tough, tough life you got there. <laughs> tough know, life. Right. Where am I? No, but it is, right? <laughs> it is in a lot of ways because. <laughs> Yeah, it's first world problems, but um, I knew that because of where I was was quite remote, um, they probably wouldn't have my card. They wouldn't probably wouldn't have a card machine because there'd probably be no internet, which is partly why I go out on the ocean and in these remote places, um, as well as the research for my next series of books. But I lost the money. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Like, and I just remember sitting there going, okay, right, I've got some Uruguayan pesos, I've got some Chilean pesos, <laughs> I've got some Falklands money, and I've got a bit of this money, and okay, I've just got shrapnel. Um, okay, right. And I was heading into this one area, and I said to the, I went, because I stay in hostels because hotels are just mind-numbing and boring. I like hostels. You get to meet some really fascinating, both interesting and intriguing um, kind of people <laughs> and I, I feel like I should just come and meet you and just hang out with you <laughs> for a month that's or what, so that's what my friends go I'd love to come send, on send me your coordinates I'm, I'm on my way <laughs> they're like we'd love to come on holiday with you Dawn but we're scared we're going to get arrested <laughs> I'm like what but, no, no, and, no. We would get arrested. That's we actually, would. Yeah. Yes. No, nothing to be afraid of. It's happening. Get ready Another for book. It. Right. <laughs> and I got there, and this guy he goes, No problem. And so he took a, a collection of all this shrapnel to pay for a night in the hostel. 
And then I hitchhiked because uh, I thought, you know what, I'm right in the Mermaid's Guide to Hitchhiking series. Bang, okay, I'm going to hitchhike on, on land. Okay, I'm a lone female. It's okay. I've got a green belt in mixed martial arts. I can what what do you do with your What do you do with your boat when you're out hitchhiking across? The it's not my boat. I'm hitchhiking around the world on boats. I've been on 17 different boats in the last two years. Oh, you're just borrowing boats? No, I'm kind of just jumping on them, going right. Let's go. <laughs> no, you, I'm. Uh, I'm does the owners know you're there? <laughs> not always. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic <laughs> no we um basically the the next series of books i'm writing a book about leadership and mm -hmm. when you're at sea your leadership really comes into play mm -hmm. just because you're a captain doesn't make you a leader and um, so it's uh, it's looking at how people um also manage their crew manage the boat um and so there's a series of five books around that but the thing was i i was without money i was without access to money and I had to get from one place to here. And I had people giving me lifts. I had a couple um, in a shop. I asked them, can I borrow your Wi-Fi? Um, and they asked me about my luggage and they asked me, well, why don't you go to a cafe? And I said, well, this is the situation. And they gifted me, they gifted me money for three nights in a hostel. Mm. Right? Because their daughter is doing what I'm doing without the book writing in Brazil. And mm. they said, if we knew our daughter was in this situation, we would want someone to help, so here you go. And this is the thing, we, we, the media will put out that everybody is dangerous, everybody will, um, everyone's out to kill you, everyone's out to rape you, everyone's out to steal your children. We're probably safer now than we have ever been due to the amount of cameras watching us. Mm -hmm. um, well, apart from being safe from the government, but that's a different issue right now. But is it really but we're so paranoid and so afraid of each other because we watch all this crap on the tv and we we read all this toxic stuff in these trashy magazines and the only people that we actually really do think about are the people that the media are telling us to think about mm -hmm. um you know families and people were asking me the other day what do i think about um the that royal couple what's his face um what's his name him and his wife who are leaving the um they're coming to I'm, Canada. I'm such a royalist, aren't mm -hmm. I? Markle, um, Meghan Markle and Harry? That's it, yeah. Um, what do I think about William? them leaving the, I don't know. Well, you'd love what my mum calls them. Oh, that's it. Um, William and what's his what's her face? Harry and Meghan and Charles and Bitch. That's how my oh, mum yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, she's great. Well, the thing about that is the Queen is actually one of my listeners. So, you know, I, you know. Is she? I, yeah, my mum loves you. Yeah, that's Liz. right. There we go. It's good. That's nice. This is the Queen. She's like your daughter-in-law, though. The Queen's always been a fan of the show. The Queen loves me. Uh, I, I had, you know, I, it's, it's the, it's the, the blank absurdity of, of, of the Royals. You know, they, they give you that, that, address you know the, the state of the union or whatever and she's talking about poverty and there's a gold piano in the background mm. oh, the, the hypocrisy makes me sick well the absurdities and we accept it you know society's like of course there's the royals the royals are so fancy right and and nobody understands nobody really i think truman the truman show said it best where it says humans accept the world in which they're delivered so we have seen something and we believe something to be the way it is for so long. We believe for so long mm -hmm. that it's just, it becomes a fundamental in us. And when mm. you're fundamentally flawed, you really can't excel until you break free. And the only way to mm. break free is to go against everything that they've ever taught you. And to go against everything mm -hmm. they've ever taught you is to accept that you're probably crazy. 
but you're not crazy because you're waking up because it's crazy to believe that we need a ruling class, that the elite are something that we need to aspire to, that people on television, that celebrities are anything other than media drones giving us a message sharing us Mm -hmm. and people like i don't watch any of that stuff i just watch movies and they don't understand that the movies that they watch are specifically designed to Mm -hmm. screw with your head absolutely who's a terrorist now in a jack bauer movie or jason Bourne, or you know like uh what oh who's that that the rock what's his name you know yeah Mm. anyway moving on (laughs) (laughs) just have a bit of a moment there um but you look at movies throughout the last 20, 30 years, and it's like, okay, the Irish, the Russians, the Chinese, the Koreans, the Arabs, um, who are we on now that are supposed to be terrorists? Or are we still on, we're on the Afghanis, which are not Arabs, but they look enough like the Arabs. So that's all right. And, and um, this thing, it's like, you look at these movies and like the terrorists of all kind, we've kind of, I'm waiting for the Scots to be the next terrorist, but see, the Scots won't be because they're so intrinsically linked with the States. Uh, yeah. Scots law is based on the American system and Masons in, in Scotland are rife. Yeah. And, and the terrorists based in the movies are the countries that the Bilderbergs didn't have a bank in. So they were trying to take mm-hmm. out the, the, the one world bank is the end result. So they make us yeah. hate uh, North Korea, Afghanistan, uh, Iraq and Iran. Libya. Yeah. Libya. Yeah. Libya was back to the future. The, the Libya's in there. Plutonium, <laughs> plutonium, mm, or unless it was uranium. Term. Yeah, one, <laughs> one of the, the aniums. Exactly, <laughs> one of the aniums, indeed. Uh, but that's it. So, so when we watch these things, and the things that we're afraid of, or whatever, the, the things that people are afraid of are what we're told to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. They, they, people are led to believe that television imitates life as opposed to creates trends. Um. Look at the music industry for that, for that, just for that alone. Ugh. The rap industry from the 90s, great music, but it was all murder, death, kill, bitches, hoes, drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it, you know, and then, oh my gosh, there's bitches, hoes, and drugs everywhere. What yeah. happened? <laughs> Why is this a thing now? Well, you're all in jail and the state's making money off everything. Right. So it, it, when you can get past that manipulation, when you can get past that media, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, this wasn't supposed to be a conspiracy episode, but you know, they go hand in hand apparently. So here we are. I love taking on guests that, you know, I don't like to do too much research on uh, only to the point where if they interest me, they get to come on the show. And <laughs> Dawn has been uh, stealing Dick. her way across, the, <laughs> stealing her way across the ocean on random boats. <laughs> her and the barnacles. It's great. The, you actually, you mentioned uh, leadership, writing about leadership. And, and that's a topic that fascinates me because there's a huge difference between being a coach, being a teacher, being a mentor, mm-hmm. uh, being any, any of the, um, uh, I don't know, um, focal point pr- professions and then being a leader mm. because anyone can coach, you know, you mm-hmm. just have to stay two lessons ahead of your students. Uh, <laughs> anyone can do anything like that, but leadership comes from within. Now my favorite leader coach, uh, even though I'm not religious is John C. Maxwell and his leadership stuff is phenomenal. So when your leadership stuff comes out, I need to buy those books. I want, yes, I want the do. list right away. I don't want them free. <laughs> I, I want to buy them and I want you to know I've bought them and I want you to sign it and send it to me. That's what I want. I want to sign. But when I get, when I get in your neck of the woods, cause I am heading north. Woo. <laughs> um, but are you heading to Canada? I am. Oh, yeah? Canada has been on my list for a very long time. Well, yeah. you've got a friend in me when you get here. So yay. <laughs> Let's do another episode. <laughs> That's it. 
that's it. We'll do it. We'll do it face to face once you sign your book over. Perfect, like that. Okay, we can. <laughs> I'm a little bit inland, but thankfully they've built the St. Lawrence Seaway, so you can actually come right down to my house. Really? Oh yeah, it, it's a lot of lock systems, and you'd have to you'd have to go quite in because I'm in Toronto right now. Toronto. Yeah. Oh, so you've you've heard of it before? Uh, yeah, yeah. Toronto. I've been I've been practicing. Obviously, I need to do a bit more. <laughs> I, I actually got a laugh out of that because the, the in the NBA playoffs, the, the Raptors uh, won the, the championship this year. Uh, and the announcers or the, the commentators are all American, right? So all mm. you would hear is Toronto, Toronto. But living in Toronto, all you're familiar with is the word Toronto. Like mm. it's just T-R-O-N-O, Toronto. <laughs> so when you're so hearing them constantly calling the Toronto Raptors, it's like, well, well so much enunciation. Jeez, relax, guys. Yeah, do you want to try too hard or what? And this is the thing about the States, right? I mean, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago, and we were right on this conspiracy thing, and like, oh. Um, And I said, look, you know, come on, let's just put this into perspective. America is the only country in the world with uh, military bases in every country. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's been in existence, what is it now, 245, 246 years, and they've been at war for 240 of those. Yeah. (laughs) Or however many years. Like, they were at war with the rest of the world. Less than a decade after they started, they were in existence. And then they go on about all these, you know, no illegal immigrants here, and it's like, hmm, are you all going to, Back to Europe, then. Like, what's going on there? Well, it's it's a funny thing. <laughs> it's a funny thing being in the melting pot of America because the Americans, um, and to which I have a lot of listeners, the Americans, mm-hmm. you guys are great people. <laughs> Individually, you're fantastic people. Um, as a mass and as a whole, there are some questions. Absolutely. So, uh, isn't it with every country though? Um, Apart countries. From Canada. No, no, Canada, we're good. We we like maple <laughs> syrup. We're friendly. Um, a lot of howdy do's and all that sort of stuff. Just a friendly bunch. Um, it's it's changing. It's the Canadian the Canadian way of life is changing. Um, but I mean, I don't know really if it is. We've got an absolute idiot uh, running the show. Uh, but the whole thing. Trudeau this so you were saying Meghan Markle and what's his nuts uh leaving the thing and it's like uh the the <laughs> Trudeau says you know well he he put it like on it's like public knowledge he put it on blast he's like we'll pay a $500,000 bursary for you guys to come over here and do this that and the other thing and it's like you know the government right now is in the, in the process of stealing money just taxing us to absolute death. It's just theft. They're just stealing money. Yeah. Isn't that what taxes though? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, but you, if you say anything about, oh, they're gonna, <laughs> we need to build the roads. The roads, man, build the roads. That's what our tax dollars go for. Oh yeah, okay. Mm. Try collecting rainwater. Oh, that, now you're in trouble. I actually had a bylaw guy come by, and I had, for visual display, I had put corn stalks in the front of my house because I liked it, and I knew that in the fall it would look good, right? Yeah. They would be up and they would look good for the Halloween for the fall. So I put corn stalks in. Now that's edible food in my front yeah. yard and that's yeah. a bylaw. Can't do that. Uh-uh, had to take them out. Found out the hard way. Had, those had to come down. You should have seen uh-huh. how hard that was. Oh yeah, I got into a fight. I almost got arrested on my front lawn because I had corn stalks in the front yard. Edible food. On so what about, what, what, what about tomato plants and like... No, none of that. You can't grow anything. 
Can't grow anything edible on your front lawn. Apple trees, no. Wouldn't apple trees be great? Put apple trees all over the city. So the well, that's not very much of a clip. That's not that you're part of the Commonwealth. Surely Commonwealth law overrides that. <laughs> you uh, have no. an apple tree. I think I have to go by oceanic law if I want to start overriding things. Yes, uh, martial, military, not uh, uh, yeah, maritime law. Well, maritime law. I'm wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. It's like when the when the when the judge says, "Do you understand the charges that have been brought against you?" No, I do not, Your Honor. And furthermore, I demand that you recuse yourself. Yeah. See you later. Read my third book. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I'm actually going to pick up your books. You, you, you certainly piqued my interest. I want to know a little bit more, but I always find it to be best not to know too much about, you know, who you're talking to because so much shit can be contrived. Thank you. It's (laughs) especially in these instances when the idea is to get the raw self out there. So my audience Mm. gets experience to you, you know, and and when you share this on on your media, you'll you'll probably share this with a few of your friends, and some of your friends will get to know me a little bit better. Mm. So, I think both of us, you know, can if you have any friends still after everything that you've said. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very choosy now. <laughs> but this, this is the thing, right? There was a guy when I bear in mind, like I, I do keep myself a lot to myself because, like, I just can't be doing with the BS that's out there a lot of the time, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, so before I set foot on this boat that I've just spent three months sailing across the Atlantic on, I um, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can be around more. I mean, I'd only spent time with three people all at once that I knew, other than being in a cafe or in a shop, you know, three people that I actually knew and spent time talking with. So I was like, okay, I can do this. I can spend a boat, so spend three months on a boat with all these people. I stood there on deck um, with a cup of tea in hand, just going, right, okay. Looking at the boat, okay, right, well, if it all gets too much, I can go up that mast, okay, there's this, like, I'm just, like, really preparing myself, and then this guy walks up to me, goes, oh, you're Dawn Bates, aren't you, you're that international bestseller, I'm like, what? Mm. Like, the dude had Googled me, we're about to spend five weeks on a boat in the middle of the ocean, like, dude, can't you just take time getting to know me, not what Google or the marketing says, or, like, you know, like, Seriously? Well, when anyone Googles me, uh, a British radio broadcaster comes up, Adam Walton. Mm. So, <laughs> Very different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've never heard of him or I've never even heard him speak, but it's him and then it's some basketball player and then it's some baseball player. Yes, I've Googled myself, but I don't show up anywhere. So I'm okay with that. I got nothing. My son. I got nothing. My son said to me when he came out to visit me last time, my oldest son, he goes, um, have you Googled yourself? I was like, why would I do that? He goes, no, I think you should. I was like, why have you Googled me? He goes, no, but my friends have. Mm. I was like, why have your friends Googled me? He goes, oh, it's because like they kind of, like they knew that you've, uh, you're off doing this trip and they kind of wanted to take the piss, but then they Googled you and now they're like, a lot of them really like you. <laughs> and then he started giggling. I was like, Hated. <laughs> He goes, well, you know, some of them have called you, was it uh, a MILF? And I was like, a what? What's that? And then I'm like on Google looking at what, what a MILF is. And I didn't know. Ridiculous. Children. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, oh, my days. But see, that's the other thing. Like me with my children being, living with their dad. Like so many people have said to me, I can't believe you've abandoned your children. I was like, I know leaving them outside a supermarket and telling them to crack on with it was a bit of a bad idea, really. Dropping the dead weight. See you later, deadbeats. (laughs) They kind of 
they, I don't know who's it more. I'm the biggest rebel out of the three of us. <laughs> it's funny, you know, the, <laughs> the, the gazelle, for example, you know, gives birth and the baby starts running away from being eaten instantly. Um, humans take... I did not know that. Oh, I can... There's videos of it. It's crazy. Like, the, a gazelle will give birth and, like, take off. Like, the gazelle's like, I am out. And the baby also runs away. Um, but they, they reconvene. But, yeah, it's, like, instantaneous. Like, the, 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 the safety of the whole thing is instantaneous inside... Uh, with humans nowadays, it takes uh, roughly forty years. <laughs> so uh, it's Jessica interesting. Parker will be happy with that one failure to launch, my darling. <laughs> yes, exactly. The uh, the the interesting thing about that is, like you know, what is what is the holdup? What is the the mental state? Uh, and that again comes into the lie, right? We we need the money, we need this, we need that, but you know, the money is so hard to come by. Because people have been tricked into getting a job mm. right at the gate. If you offer value and if you offer service, you're going to get money. Figure mm. out how to do it, right? But, you know, all these people are like, I got to get a job. I got to get a job. We have a bunch of people, like the minimum wage over here is like $15 an hour or whatever. And we have a bunch of people who are like, I can't survive on that. You're not supposed to. Your Minimum wage is where you start. Mm. And you can either work your way up the corporate ladder or you can say, this isn't for me and you can figure it out. Right, but mm. we're not we're not allowed to think for ourselves. We're not. Humanity, Why would you allow somebody else to tell you how much you can or cannot earn anyway? Because fundamentally we've been lied to our entire lives. Go to school, <laughs> get a job. You we we are we're, it's a joke. Go to mm. school and then do good in school to go to higher education, do good in higher education to get a good job. Why not create a good job? Why not create something? Why not do something? Mm. I mean, I sit here right now, I'm chatting with you, I'm in my sweats, I'm about to go to the gym. Mm. this is my life. Right? Mm. I, and then in the afternoon, I'm going to do a little bit of work on the coaching programs. I'm going to help a few people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat something. And I'm going to mm -hmm. read a book and I'm going to go to bed. Mm. Right. There's no, there's no stress. So rock and roll. I know. Right. <laughs> there was a time though. I mean, and the funny thing too, is I lived through absolute and utter hell to get mm. to where I am. Like my, Absolutely. my youth, my youth is a book. A hundred percent. My ten, my <laughs> teens, my twenties, everything, everything is, is insane. All the work I'd ever done came crashing down around me. All the mm -hmm. drugs I ever did uh, no longer. I've been stone sober now for uh, two and a half years. And cool. it's, it's an interesting thing. It's a whole new reality. And mm, it was never awakening. Even, yeah. It was never even my intent. It was like, it started off as a 30-day detox. I've gone into this story before. I mean, one day I'll give a full episode on on sobriety and what it's all about from the point of view of somebody who never wanted to be sober but just accidentally. You should meet it. my friend Patrick. He's got um he does this um sobriety group on Bookface. And um he uh yeah, he does consciousness sobriety. And we were discussing it the other day because I, I don't drink. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I got to the point where um, I was like, oh, I'll just have a, a, an espresso martini after dinner instead of a coffee. Yeah, no. Uh, and then I was like, well, I'm traveling by myself. Don't really want to drink by myself. I don't drink while I'm out on a boat anyway, because it's dry boat and you need to have all your faculties in that. And lots of sailors do, and I don't like it. And it was quite interesting because when I was on this trip, um, one woman came up to me, she goes, why are you isolating yourself? I was like, what? Like, 
I was sat here watching the dolphins and the penguins. Leave me alone, lady. (laughs) I never said none of you could come and sit here. Like, I didn't put a go away sign around me. You all chose to sit in the deck house drinking and talking rubbish. And I'm out here watching dolphins and penguins. (laughs) It's not bad. That's not a bad life. I'd like to meet him. Put him in touch with me if you can on the mm. on, on the Patrick Facebook Cook. there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Facebook. Yeah, I call it. I call it book face. There you go. <laughs> the Facebook is good enough. But I, I mean, it's it's such an interesting arc because you know it, the idea. It's so funny. I mean, back to conspiracy theories. Alcohol is poison, mm-hmm. and it affects you as a poison would. It screws up your ability to walk, talk, think, mm-hmm. do anything. It screws you up and then it leaves you in a fog and it's poison. It's legal and they make lots of money. Yeah, and it's poison. And you do stupid stuff and then they make more money. <laughs> and it's poison. It is poison. I can't stress the fact Injected enough that it's with a poison. poison. You don't need this anymore. <laughs> exactly. And I'm, and I'm sitting to myself and there's like the... Alcohol, it's like what you know. What, when I say sober, I mean, you give up all the recreational drugs. I gave up cigarettes. I gave up pork. I gave up virtually everything. Um, and, and they're like, the one thing that they say is, is you know, drinking though. Like you can have just one. It's like, oh yeah, I, oh. Could, I could, I could shoot myself with Sometimes. one. And mm-hmm. and the funny thing about it is, like you know, I could have one. I, I never said to myself, I'm, I'm, I'm sober now, and this is the way it is. I just said, I'm done. I'm done with this. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drink poison, and I'm not gonna eat industrial strength floor cleaner. Cheerios mm-hmm. lovers out there, sorry about mm-hmm. that. And if you have any questions about it, just look at the ingredients on the Cheerios box, ladies and gentlemen. Just look at them, and then ask yourself, what the hell are these? And you'll. I can't remember it off the top of my head what the what the thing is, but you'll know it as soon as you see it. Mm-hmm. You might as well just say go joke. If you it. can't read it or spell it, don't eat it. It's the same with vaccines. I mean, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to talk about vaccines, but bottom line, being a vaxxer or anti-vaxxer, read the ingredients inside the vaccine. And if you wouldn't drink it, don't shoot it in your children. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Absolutely. I can go on that for hours and hours and hours. But mm. you, you, we've, we've had you, I've had you now for over an hour and I know you're a busy lady. Uh, I n- also know that you're coming back on the show. I loved having you here. Thank um, you. It's been great to be here. Yeah, loved yeah. it. <laughs> we have um, a, 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 the drop back, ladies and gentlemen, to Dawn. If you want to connect with her, is dawnbates.com, d a w n b a t e s dot com. The link will be in the description of the uh, of the episode as well. Um, Dawn, what do you want to talk about? What if you can if you can say one last thing to these guys, or if you, you know what's a message that you you wouldn't mind you know conveying or 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 saying or having people go take a look at or anything pour a little bit of your heart into this last little bit here i'd I'd love to hear it uh well i think the thing for me is smart people don't follow stupid rules Mm -hmm. and look at the rules that the the system and the matrix want you to live by and to say is that rule for me yes or no do i choose it and give yourself permission to give yourself permission well that's fantastic that's Mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic uh dawn's links that really is fantastic i love that uh, Dawn's links also to those of you looking to uh, write. Uh, she is a writing coach uh, and she can help you out. You can reach her on Facebook. Her link tree is all there. Uh, you can reach out to Dawn Bates. Uh, if you're looking to get a book done, if you're looking to write, uh, I'm sure she'll make a little bit of time for you to connect with you to, to drop a little bit of pointers and tips. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, hell, she's stuck on a boat somewhere. So, uh, <laughs> and clearly isolating herself from the rest of the people. So it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's a worthwhile venture. But um, again, so, so many like this, this was a long time coming. 
we crossed paths a few times. I'm really glad that we got it done today. Um, really happy to have you on the show. Really happy to have you on Thank the show. Thank you. Really pleased to be here, and I'm really glad that we persisted. Perfect. It's been amazing. Thank you so much, and uh, kindred spirit, I feel. Absolutely, 100%. Mm. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.